Hello and welcome to this week's PropCast. I'm Andrew Teacher from Blackstock Consulting and I'm joined by Dr. Tara quinn Chirillo, who's a psychologist, and Darren Gardner, who's the boss at Nido, who won International Operator of the Year at the recent Student Accommodation Awards, Property Week Student Accommodation Awards last December. And we're talking today about mental health. And at this time of year, uh, we're, we're kicking around Blue Monday, not the New Order song, sadly, but that period in the year where people are often feeling a little bit glum, a little bit down uh, due to the weather, due to everything else and, and, and the C word that we're not going to talk about in today's podcast. But all of these things obviously swimming around the heads of, of many students uh, living in student accommodation across the world. Uh, they're going to be quite, quite challenging. So we're going to be talking about what Nido's been doing to, uh, to, to, to solve some of these problems and to help some of its students. And we're going to get some, uh, some, some views from Dr. Tara, who's uh, who's been working in this space for for over two decades. So, welcome to you both, um, Tara. We'll start with you. What what's your background in this area? How how have you come to be uh, helping people, and 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 what have been some of the problems that you've been solving in recent years? So, I've been working as a psychologist for twenty years. So, I have a background in mental health and disability and autism and neurological conditions. So I help adults and I write a lot for the media and do a lot of telly and radio work. So I did some articles for student publications that caught the attention of Nido, just helping students manage with their everyday well-being and learn about what well-being is as well in order to know when they might need some additional help. And, and to what degree has this become more of an issue due to the pandemic? How much of this did we really care about before covid because it's there are many many things that that are being talked about now things like social value sustainability uh, many many things that 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 really have made made a lot of sense for a long time that are only now getting the airtime that they deserve and it seems a little bit like mental health is one of those yeah so as we say mental health's been around for years we all have mental health but actually, the thing about the pandemic is because overnight, for many of us, our lives changed and we faced a huge amount of adversity that actually it became quite a phenomenon. And many people noticed that their mental health struggled as a result. And then for students, particularly the way that they study, the way that they live, um, you know, they're at the beginning of their journey um, was quite, you know, impacted quite adversely. So we've had to start thinking about how we support them, but also with preventative measures as well as just reactive things as well. Mm. And Darren Gardner, so International Operator of the Year, congratulations on that award at the uh, the Property Week Student Accommodation Awards. Now, how have you had to respond and, and, and how have you, as an operator in, in multiple cities, multiple countries, thousands of residents, how have you been making mental health a priority? And, and what I guess what are some of the, the things that, that people are saying to you, in both staff and customers? Well, I think, um, first of all, thank you very much. Um, and um, we're very humbled and honoured to to be nominated for doing doing good work um, in the student space. Um, it's kind of what we strive to do. It's why we're here. You know, ultimately, we try and build an environment in which our students can be at their best. And that's always been the kind of mantra that, that Nido's taken to the market. In, in other words, understanding the profiles of our customers and trying to build an environment in which they will enjoy and, and have an experience. And I think we'll all recognise that going to university isn't necessarily about, you know, studying. It's about, you know, coming, becoming an adult and, and, and being faced with 
a number of exciting opportunities, but but in that always comes um, you know some uncertainty and some and some challenges that our students face. And you know, well-being, mental well-being is is been you know is is been a, a challenge within the student market for for very many years. Um, and it's great that we're you know we're focusing on it more now, um, especially you know in the in the wider world. But we at NIDA have been have been looking at this for a very long time, and the challenges that that people have faced, um, it, you know, coming from another country to study in a in a foreign environment, um, nine times out of ten in a language that's not your first language, and trying to settle into the day to day culture has been a, it has been a challenge, and we've we've kind of seen from our our general managers you know, them trying to figure out how how do they connect with the students? How do they make them feel at home? And how do they enrich their experience? So the general managers or the management team and the, the team on the ground have been presenting us with questions about how can we help to make um, the students have a better experience? And I think the students in turn, because they spend a lot of time with us, we see a slightly different side of them. You know, we're not their parents. We're not their educators. And at times, you know, we can be seen as, as someone to confide in. So we've got to make sure that we're able to, you know, give them the right advice or at least signpost them in the right way um, to ensure that they looked after. Do you find, Darren, that this pastoral care you're talking about, is it becoming more important than having a swimming pool, having a pool table, having loads of, you know, fancy amenities that are often the things marketed to people in in some of these purpose-built residential schemes. Yeah, you know, and, and as I say, I mean, student accommodation these days versus, you know... Well, it's changed a bit, hasn't it? Let's, <laughs> let's be honest. It's, uh, since, it's, uh, since some listeners were at university, things have moved on just a tad. Just a tad. Yeah, I, I mean, absolutely. You know, the, the, the environment in which the students can enjoy these days, it's, it's fantastic. And, and that's good because, you know, people's expectations and, and, and the way they, you know, the way they choose to live, we're ticking those boxes. Now not having the facilities. I, I think the facilities aid people being able to relax and do different things uh, and, and actually break away from, you know, the mundane. So, so having all these things, whether it be a, you know, a cinema room or a, you know, a social area is, is important because what it does is it, it creates a community. And I think once you can create a community, you start to create communication and once you start yeah. to create communication, you start to understand the differences between the communities and, and people start to get a sense that they either aren't suffering alone in silence. So they're not just locked up in a, a very small, damp room. The facilities enable them to socialize. And, and with that is, you know, it, I believe aids, you know, the, the well-being of students because they are then allowed to be in an environment in which they um, in which they can talk about stuff. Yeah, yeah. And, and Tara, this communi- this point about communication is, is, is really critical, isn't it? And that's one of the, the founding principles of, of what you guys do as professionals. Absolutely. I think one of the things for me and one of the things that attracted me to coming into this role is I really value congruence that people say we're going to offer this and they actually offer it. 
And then there's an extra element that they're listening to what students want. So, you know, NIDA are not saying we're going to offer well-being and this is what we think it should look like. What they're doing is coming from the ground up. What do you want the students? What's important to you? What are you navigating at the moment? Mm. And that really is completely different. It's really innovative. Um, and that's what's going to help people, you know, because not everyone's well-being is the same. So people need to have something bespoke, something that's flexible and adapts as their student journey adapts as well. And are, are there specific and quite different needs clinically uh, that people's brains have when they're younger? So obviously you're in a different environment, you're in new environments, but I'm, I'm interested from a clinical perspective, how does the brain change between those sorts of ages, your 18, 20, early 20s at university to justified and ancient as, as I now am? But what's happening inside the head during this period that, that manifests in the sorts of things that, 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 that we're seeing? So one of the things that's really important, so the, the front part of your brain plays a really important job in terms of everyday life. And actually the development of the front part of your brain for most people isn't complete till you're kind of 22, 23, something like that. Um, and that controls your emotion regulation, your impulse control. Um, it also helps you with things like planning. Um, and those are all things and skills that students are learning when you quite often you leave home or you leave your caregiver. You've got to learn to live independently. You've got to learn how to plan your study timetable. You've got to learn how to manage your finances, manage your emotions with relationships, friendships. So those are all the things that we need to factor in, that that might be very different from people like ourselves who our brains are developed fully um, and we're able to self-regulate. We're able to do those things just a little bit better. Um, and also just take the psychosocial factors that actually you're learning that, hitting the ground running, suddenly you're away from home and you've got to manage all of these things and work out some students may never have even known how to pay an electricity bill for example so they might not know how to make money last and that, that you know how to spread payments they may not know how to plan a timetable and they may have been at home with parents or caregivers that have been helping them with that so part of our job is to kind of nurture them as well so our well-being program needs to take into account all of those factors we don't want to overwhelm them so we want to help them understand about themselves their brains their emotions in order to make them make the most of that journey Hmm. And, and Darren, I'm interested how it differs between different geographies because you need over in a, in, a, in a lot of different places. Um, you've got a, a variety of uh, of assets, different sorts of, uh, of of communities all across Europe. How, how does it vary from place to place? Interestingly, it's it's very similar. Uh, you know, I think as as Dr. Tara was saying, I, I think at at this stage, you know, of a student's life, they're all facing very similar challenges. And it doesn't matter where you're coming from or where you're going to, where you're living, what country you're living in. I think people are going through that same process. I do, I do get a sense, you know, definitely if we look at the West versus the East, there's, there's much more pressure coming from the Eastern culture for their children to really succeed. So I think that 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 pressure is is there. So although I would say, and you're talking about the the far east of the world rather than East London, <laughs> absolutely. In case in case people are thinking about the uh, the privately schooled masses of Hackney, yeah, no, definitely not, definitely not there. Um, you know, I, I think the if you look at a lot of the the the, the Eastern cultures, they, they will look at their children as almost pension funds. Uh, in other words, they'll invest a huge amount of money in their education because ultimately they are going to then get a good job and in turn they will be able to look after the family. 
So, so specifically, when we're looking at dealing with those situations, that's a very cynical viewpoint, Mr. Gardner. No, no it, it's not a cynical viewpoint. I think it's it's a way, you know, it's it's a cultural it, it's a cultural difference, and it's something you have to recognise because, you know, you 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 see that you you do see the difference, and and what we need to understand, and and you know where Dr. Tara is helping us is, you need to understand those pressures in order to try and help those students because it's a fair point so so it's a family pressure about having to succeed so that you can pay mommy and daddy's care fees when they when they require it Um, (laughs) and and and, and tara in terms of the program that you're developing with nita tell us about that what does that entail and, and what does it provide residents with what what kinds of resources have you been able to develop and and what are the sorts of tools that that you think can make an impact here? So what's really lovely is it's a kind of a multifaceted program. So we have live talks. We've done a few already where students can drop in either individually or what's also really lovely is they can sit in common rooms and watch, which helps normalise the conversations around it, helps people to attend. Um, So so it's not just people sort of sat in their rooms. Yeah, so if people vote, it's really important for me to get engagement that people do it in the most autonomous way. So for some people, yeah, it's more yeah. appropriate for them to sit themselves. That's great. But for other people, actually, they've sat together and watched, and that's really lovely. Um, so we do live talks, but on targeted topics throughout the year. So, you know, in the run-up to Christmas, how to navigate holiday season, stress, travel, relationships. As we say, going home, you might be a very different person than you were when you left home you know the term before so working from the ground up what are you dealing with but we're also developing a toolkit which goes into the Nido app and that toolkit will have kind of bite-sized videos it will have infographics so kind of pictures that break down strategies into small manageable chunks we also have kind of targeted strategies breathing techniques those kind of things that are going to be on the toolkit so the idea with the toolkit is it will be multifaceted so everybody digests information in different ways so it's really important that we're not doing one size fits all so for some people they benefit more from auditory information so for them that will be listening to videos listen to the podcast that we've done for example that's just season one has just come out of the podcast that we've done other people prefer to have infographics, visual things to look at. That's the best way for them to learn and to help their well-being. Um, and what we're doing is well, we've done a survey. So we're getting students, A, at the beginning of term to give us what they think they would like. But we're getting feedback all the way through. What's working? What's not working? It's really good to be vulnerable as a psychologist and say, what's working about the lives? What isn't? Mm. What do you need in the toolkit? What don't you need? What's the best format for you? What have been some of those learnings? What I mean, what can people listening to this take from what what you guys are pioneering and and using their own businesses because i mean that's that's ultimately what we do these podcasts for absolutely well for me it's making that difference between listening and hearing and i know that comes down to semantics but you can say actually yes you might want to cover anxiety depression stress uncertainty but what elements for you are showing up already about those issues? So for us, it's about hearing from the students. What is it about stress? How are you being affected by it? What do you need? What are you looking for? So for us, it's really about the ground up. So we can come at it with what we think people might need, but what we need is for them to tell us, is that going to be user-friendly? Is that going to help me make what we call in psychology a core shift in what you're experiencing? So that's the thing I think that stands out. What I think as well, and, and the reason why we've got Dr. Tara involved is for a reasonable amount of time, we've been trying to deal with well-being, mental well-being ourselves, thinking that we know better. 
and we can help people. And, and that's good because generally humans like to help other humans. And where we were coming at it is, and, and you know, dealing with the, you know, the themes that were coming up, we recognize, and, and this is what other businesses could do is you need professional help. And that's why we've got Dr. Tara involved because I'm not the expert on how brains work and, and the challenges that young people go through and giving the things that I might think are the right thing to do, or we as a business think might be the wrong thing. I know that sounds weird, you know, cause you know, good intent doesn't necessarily result in, you know, in helping someone. So no, and, and I think you're right. Property people are very good at being experts of everything, aren't they? Yeah, absolutely. And we're, we're not, you know, we're not the experts again, to Dr. Tara's point, we've listened to our students, they have some challenges and we're trying to put a solution in place. So for other businesses, they should do the same. And what do you think, Darren? I'm interested how you think this is going to evolve into other parts of the property market. If we look at the wider office market, for example, that, that's now focusing heavily on flexible space, co-working and the like, the wider real estate market is all becoming operationalized, a bit like student housing and and where you guys in the in the pbsa sector the purpose-built student accommodation sector have been pioneering this this approach to operating buildings i mean it sounds <laughs> it sounds like we're kind of really trying to overcomplicate it but you know historically property investors would get nowhere near any kind of operational drama let alone the sort of detail we're talking about today but but you look at all of the investors now in offices uh, in laboratories and, and and all sorts of other areas, they're now having to get their hands dirty with the operations, so to speak, uh, of buildings. So I, my question is, to what degree will some of these things become almost mandatory, almost standard practice for people that are renting offices and are maybe renting small shops on on turnover rents and and obviously looking at other areas of the, of the residential space in in multifamily and senior living and, and and everything else yeah i mean i think there's a natural you know that there will be a natural opportunity there to provide incremental services and, and it's the differentiator and as markets become you know slightly more competitive and there's there's more of a challenge on on trying to you know fill your building with you know whether it be people to use it as an office or, or retailer etc given the, the the external pressures that that people are facing so this becomes you know something that is a very important but tangible i think what what people will will see if if you take this approach is it's not just a you know shiny little you know coffee room which yes you can see and you you can use um, and it benefits you this this actually benefits you not just in your not just in your working time, but ultimately your life. So, you know, it, it's practices and, and things that you can do that that benefit you holistically. So I, I think, you know, it will bleed over and, you know, operationally running any environment with humans in it, if you can provide a service to, you know, combat issues that they're having, I think that will always, that will win in the long run. Mm. And, and Tara, what are some of the most common issues that you find in young people? The rough hook for today's episode is is Blue Monday. And obviously, we've all gone through a pretty grim few months or a pretty grim couple of years. And, and Christmas for many people 
hasn't been particularly joyous with all of the the various travel restrictions and everything over over the last few months so uh, issues are going to continue to emerge but what are some of the most common things that that people can address relatively simply i think the number one thing that's come up is uncertainty so i think that will resonate with all of us when we look at as you say the past 20 months or so so if you take somebody's normal journey to university that normal curve you know leaving your life that you've probably known for 18 years prior to moving away and as Darren was saying before some people are moving into different countries things have moved on since I was at university so you're learning how to become autonomous you're learning how to be independent so actually you might think it's things like depression and anxiety but actually it's uncertainty it's learning how to navigate boundaries it's learning how to work on your self-esteem so it's actually some of those other things that are actually more dominant at the moment so some of the feedback we've had already is about how to you know cope with missing friends and family how to have difficult conversations so for those people who might not be that okay with their course or having some issues with their finances how to then talk about that with people back home so it's been really interesting to see what's coming out so far I mean it's only early days in terms of the feedback we've had but historically students would just be introduced to a couple of chaps named Jack and Daniels wouldn't they and that would be that yeah and yeah things have changed on just culture as well it's really surprised me how things have moved on but actually what's really good is how students are able to have conversations about well-being um that's already coming up through that newer generation now which is really great because that does some of our job for it people are ready and willing and on our live sessions they've engaged so well so tara historically you know, students have had a bit of a reputation for partying for going out and drinking themselves silly uh, but, but generationally that shifted quite a lot hasn't it in recent years and actually a focus more on health physical health seems to be overriding that that previous aversion to sleep that that younger people seem to have yeah so i think things have moved on quite a lot in terms of how students are conceptualizing well-being what they're prioritizing in terms of how they spend their social time um and as darren said earlier actually approaching well-being as a holistic thing that it's not historically something thought of as to do with anxiety or depression or not coping that there's negative connotations to it but actually well-being about how you look after your mind and your body and the relationship between those two things and then the relationship with extraneous factors things in your environment that can impact that well-being and how you're how you're coping um so i think it's really good actually the students actually they've been really great educating me on what they're already doing so what their self-care looks Mm. like what their baseline is and i think that's really empowering And, and darren sorry to bring it back to to cold hard numbers but obviously with you are backed by institutional investors and you work globally with with institutional capital to any investors that that might be listening to this and investors that that Nido is talking to about operating buildings for them in the residential space they might be looking at this thinking well hang on this sounds like quite a lot of extra costs on top of running buildings on top of maintaining shared spaces on top of all of the, the the manpower the woman power that you have in all of your assets so how much of a return am I going to get on my investment for for paying for all of these added services and, and advice and support that, that you're providing? Yeah, good, you know, look, good question. And <clears throat> I mean, I, it, it's for me, it's a really easy, you know, it's a really easy answer. Ultimately, if you if you can provide a service that a keeps the employees that look after your customers happy and their customers happy, and and you can you can kind of provide that holistic service 
you just you hit all the numbers there is no once you can deal with it at that level everything up the tree just makes sense it's when you are having operational challenges customers not enjoying themselves you know and you're not looking after them that the PL impact is really felt so you know what we've been able to show is you know and again we've been very fortunate if we look at you know 21 22 to to be full you know and it's been a challenging market and i do believe that's down to you know the holistic proposition we put together and I think it, you know, the, the payback is there, the payback in customer satisfaction, recommendations, people staying longer, you know, renewing their contracts, you know, all those things lower your cost of acquisition, uh, lower your marketing fees, um, which in turn improve the, the NOI of the property. So, however, I just think doing the right thing for the customers you look after is you know one of the things that investors are, are coming around to and, and they really do understand that you know i know esg is is on the you know it's another big agenda point mm. but what people but this is a very it's a very clear and easy way to deliver it right absolutely and 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 what people see is you know you can see the direct impact on what you're doing well let's leave it there so it's good for heads good for spreadsheets and also good for proving that companies are committed to ESG. Thank you so much to Darren Gardner, boss of Nido, and to Dr. Tara Quinn Chirillo, uh, psychologist and, and advisor and, and, and media darling as well. Thank you very much to both of you. Congratulations again to Nido for winning International Operation of the Year at last year's Property Week Student Accommodation Awards. I've been Andrew Teacher from Blackstock Consulting. Thank you very much for listening. You can subscribe to PropCast on Spotify, on Apple. Keep tuning into propertyweek.com for the latest analysis and we'll see you soon. Thank you.